So, welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast, uh, edition number four. And uh, it's an absolute pleasure for me to introduce uh, one of the island's Reset Rebels, uh, Mr. Roger White. Good afternoon. Hi, Joe. It's so uh, nice to see you, and um, thank you for coming and uh, looking forward to talking. Well, I'm just delighted that you uh, agreed to come on to today's show. And, um, of course, we are standing in the Campo, in the centre of the island of Ibiza, quite near, uh, a lot of people probably know, uh, Bambuda Grove, the very famous restaurant, very close by here. But you've got this little Campo, uh, or for people that don't know what that means, it's a countryside oasis in the middle of nowhere. And we're just standing outside um, what is the pools of what you named Watsu Ibiza, which is your sort of treatment zone. And... And we're just going to actually pop into your beautiful dome that you've handcrafted from these incredible fabrics and woven this amazing structure, which we're going to go and take a little look inside. Well, let's let's open it up and uh, step inside. Wow, that's quite quite magical. Really beautiful. And this is something that you actually built yourself. Yes, yes. Um, formerly, I was um, in India, and um, I, I built the first uh, custom-built therapy pool or Watsu pool, hydrotherapy pool, in India in Goa uh, in two thousand and four. So I learned a lot about um, the construction and the running of, of, of therapy pools. Uh, and then when I left there um, and arrived here in Ibiza. We uh, designed and fitted the whole structure here ourselves. Um, the pool here is especially uh, chosen to be able to, uh, uh, to uh, do sessions with uh, uh, single and couple people. Um, and it's housed in a geodesic dome um, and here in the Campo. Uh, so um, it was a very, very special private place for people to come and the combination of water at body temperature where you start to lose the sensation of where your body begins and ends uh, in a very private and safe environment has a very therapeutic and benefit to lots of people. I think it feels, I mean, it feels quite special for me because you just said that you created that first initial place uh, in, in India and that's where I had my very first treatment actually just shortly after you'd left, that was the first experience. Oh, yes, I, in my pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I cool. did have my first watsu yeah, 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 in yeah. Uh, in Goa, yeah. and you'd shortly left just before that. You see, and that's how I kind of came to know about you. So that when I did move to Ibiza, <laughs> it was really great to come yeah, and meet yeah. you. And I have obviously had an amazing yeah. therapy in this very same pool. So, yeah. what was it that brought you to decide that you wanted to create a watsu pool? What got you into this whole idea? Well, originally, um, well, in India, uh, uh, I retired as an interior designer just after my after I was fifty. Um, because my partner at that time wanted to move to Goa and start the whole, well, she did in fact start the whole yoga scene with Purple Valley Ashtanga Centre. And then, of course, it took off completely, a bit like what's happening in Ibiza. And um, and I thought, well, I don't want to sit by a bar all day drinking G&Ts. Uh, and I'd always been interested in bodywork. So I trained as a, as, a, as a masseur and became the leading masseur for the big yoga centre there. And then one day I found the water, my my massage teacher said, if you have heard of this, and I, th- I was completely blown away. So I went down to Watsu, India, which is in Oroville, um, which is the only, was on the pool before I built mine, but it was made out of a, like a 
some sort of assistant, so it wasn't a custom-built thing. I did all my training there and then thought, well, I can't do anything with this at all because, of course, I need a pool. And then I had the fortune to meet uh, a guy called Kieran who builds or built all the Olympic pools uh, for um, the Army and Navy in India. And the two of us together created this fantastic pool in Goa um, purely for, well, it's the biggest fun thing I've ever done. And that's where I learned all about not only the work, which I've done many, many courses in the water therapy, but also the technical side of it. Um, And then since then, I've done pools in the UK. Um, My wife, Noam, and I um, have done the pool. Uh, We we started and created the Boom Pool and the Boom Festival, which I think is the only festival in the world doing this sort of water therapy. That was back in 2010. And, of course, we, we created it here. Mm. And what a beautiful thing it is. It really, really is. I mean, for the people that haven't obviously seen this space, it is it is very special. Obviously, the dome completely makes it. It looks like you fixed it, actually, since I was last here. Because I remember the time I did come for my therapy was when it was absolutely blowing a hoolie. Uh, it was thunder was it and rain, well? and there was kind of little drips of cold water yeah, well, we running onto we, my we, face. We, we weren't charging <laughs> extra for the cold water treatment. <laughs> but um, no, the idea is, of course, that it doesn't, uh, it breathes. So, you know, if you have it completely waterproof, then you've constantly got condensation dropping on people anyway. So, uh, by because it breathes, unless it's raining, then of course you don't get wet. <laughs> from above anyway. no I wasn't suffering too much it was fine <laughs> I mean you talk about this being a water therapy so mm. what you know what's the therapeutic process of this what have you healed through um through your water journey this is always the biggest question I find uh, that's most difficult to to answer uh, I think basically you know people say what do you do I say well I float people in warm water and they they look incredibly bored and walk off um, but the problem is, is it, it works on so many levels for so many different people. So, for instance, um, hydrotherapy, which people are well known in, you know, taking people into warm water, um, people who've got fibromyalgia, people who've got problems, people who've got uh, many medical conditions, um, of course, it, it's working for them. Then um, a majority of people, I find, uh, it works on an emotional level. Um, we actually spend a lot of time talking to people beforehand to try and understand what what they want uh, and what they need rather Uh, and you always find as soon as you start the conversation the history of people and I always used to say it's well it's like um, meeting somebody on a train I said you can tell me anything you want because apart from the fact I've got a terrible memory um, <laughs> you know and it gives the people an opportunity to talk and then once you've got them in the water which is completely silent and you start to float them then intuitively we do lots of things like massage we take people underwater if that's what they would like uh, with the aid of a nose clip and and then afterwards it's life-changing for some people completely life-changing or they come out and say well that was, that was just a nice massage and other people say we've well, just changed my life and 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 it, it, on that level it is the best thing i've ever done i think it's one of the best therapies if you like to call it therapy uh that one one could possibly do uh, it unlocks a lot of stuff for people um people say 
It's like um, being, some people say it's like better than being on acid if you happen to be a party person. Or, um, you know, I felt I was in my father's or mother's arms or I felt I was still in the womb. You know, we also have underwater music. We have a, a special lighting. Um, so it works on many levels. Mm. I think, well, for, for me, from my own personal experience, which is the only experience I can speak from, it, it, I came after I just had a car crash, actually, and I had a really bad neck injury. A whiplash. And a whiplash so, injury, yeah. and I just really needed to have a little bit of light relief, really, and I thought mm. floating in the water after my goer experience would be a beautiful thing to yeah, kind of yeah, come and experience. Absolutely. And I, I really needed someone to just actually just hold me, actually, I found. And mm. I found the, the mm. man that gave it to me, Sophie Costa's husband. Oh, yeah, What's that's his right, Yanel. It was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. just nurtured me like a, a father mm. and a, a daughter, perhaps. That's how it felt. You know, it was a very beautiful kind of, yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I also say, obviously coming from a massage point of view, that um, the water has this amazing ability to get very close to people uh, and actually hold them. Um, uh, and it, it, it's um, non-invasive. You know, if, if I've got a, a client on, 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 uh, on a massage bed and I put my arms around them, they say, what are you doing? Whereas in the water, it's, it, it, it doesn't have that effect. So it's an amazing experience. You know, many, many people lost a partner or in distress uh, don't actually have anybody to give them a hug, to hold them in any way at all. And this is one of the deepest things, is to actually have somebody non unconditionally looking after you uh, and and holding you, which they don't normally get in, in in real life. That well, I'm not saying that I've had any lack of that in my life, but that's how it felt. It was like yeah, yeah. the deepest, most emotionally connected experience mm. I've had to someone that I, you know, was clearly not going to be of a romantic nature, but it felt very, very, mm. yeah. It was like a sen- sort of sensory experience yeah, and a is. very um, close experience. And yeah, afterwards, yeah. I felt deeply deeply touched and deeply mm. moved by it mm, mm, yeah. on both occasions yeah yeah and and it is different for everybody um, you know I, I don't know what somebody's experience is going to be my job is just to look after people through their own personal experience and that's the way I like to describe it um, when you start training you learn all these special moves and all this sort of all this training and everything but really all you're looking doing is looking after somebody through their own personal process um, in an, a non- judgmental unconditional way um yeah and it's a it's an amazing thing to do mm, just like mm. any good relationship should be really <laughs> uh, so, <yeah>. relationships <laughs> is another thing again i would like to talk about relationships though roger because you have had quite the spectacular colorful mm. brilliant experience in the romance department and we we met up uh at the weekend just gone actually at a, a wonderful beach party down in calicomta we're going to take a seat here oh here we go <laughs> he needs to take a little pew for this down. little conversation yeah, yeah, get yeah, a bit yeah, more yeah. grounded but we we were having a chat at someone's uh beach party down in calicomta and uh amongst a bit of, um, yeah, dancing and uh, tomfoolery down there. We were kind of having quite a lovely conversation about your, your romantic history because you, you've got a lovely, well, not that new really, but um, you've got a new partner in this world who you're shortly taking off uh, in, a, in a wonderful van that you're currently converting at the moment, which we're going to take a look at in a little while. Um, but I'm just intrigued by, you know, this whole wonderful love story because it, it came about, obviously, through your water therapies. That's how you met, wasn't it, Noam? 
Yes, yes. I mean, uh, yes, I've, I've, I always feel that I've played all the parts in my life, you know, being, uh, uh, you know, in terms of partners and um, very lucky guy to have been uh, married um, more than once. And I have uh, five kids, five grandkids, you know, all those things. Um, but it was um, when I was in a water meditation uh, in Israel, in Elat, um, uh, that I was asked to partner up with somebody in this meditation and and just came in touch with this person who um, has now become my wife. I mean, it, it was a weird experience. I mean, it was the first time I felt this sort of connection in my life. Um, this is purely, purely a personal thing. Um, 63 I was at the time. Uh, it's just extraordinary. And, uh, you know, we obviously went through the sort of friendship thing. Um, and then, you know, after some time of, of conversing, because I then was back in India, and she was, you know, uh, we, we were talking and uh, we decided to spend some, some months together. And um, from that, we went on to feel that we couldn't be apart. So we got together we went traveling all over Europe we then got married and uh, uh, then decided that the place we would like to be was Ibiza. Why was that? A mixture of things um, one of our friends sort of said wow the place you want to be is Ibiza but I heard a lot about it because I'm a bit of a manic dancer and I used to dance a lot in Goa at the um, I, I can confirm that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean at the you know the all, 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 all the raves and things um uh, so um, many of my Goan friends used to spend, um, you know, the summers in Ibiza and the winters in Goa. And uh, I was often told that was the place I ought to be. Um, so that was a calling uh, purely on the dance and party side. Um, and I also felt it would be um, a perfect place to do this sort of work, you know, with the people of the island and tourists coming in and... Uh, there's a big healing, a big healing movement here now, uh, of all sorts, and um, you know it's it that side of the island, uh, Ibiza, is growing uh, very fast now, uh, whereas maybe the party side is going to taper off a little bit, and uh, so that's that's why we came here. Mm. Yeah, it's also closer. I mean, I said to my children, you know, we're thinking about uh, Brazil. And, you know, their horror, you know, how far away dad is going to be. And then Ibiza, and that was it. You know, Ibiza? Oh, well, yes, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> that's definitely where you've got to go. Uh, we can come and see you then, you know. Enjoy the, uh, the fun part of Ibiza. So, so what was the kids' reaction to the... There's a little bit of an age gap between between you and Noam. How old are you now? <laughs> well, I'm very old. Not very no, old. No, yeah, well, We've got I'm, more energy I'm, than most people I think I've ever met on this yeah, island on the well, dance floor, I'm, that's for I'm certain. certainly now w w w into my 70s. And um, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, kids. Well, it was, it was, it was a strange one, really, because um, uh, my mum is now 94, but then obviously she was late, eight, uh, late 80s. And when uh, Noam arrived in the UK uh, with me, um, you know, just the, the, the family and everybody sort of fell in love with her. Um, even my grandson, who um, at that time was eight, um, now I was particularly good with children, so she, she was playing with two grandchildren. And uh, he, said, he said to his mother, um, 
can now um, come to dinner tonight. Yeah, yeah, we can come to dinner. And uh, we had this situation where uh, we, we were a bit late and she rang up and said, where are you? I said, well, grandson is standing by the door with a cloth over. He's, he's had a shower. He's made the starters. <laughs> he's definitely fallen in love with Noah. Oh, I said, so well, cute. there you are. The youngest and the eldest member of the family have fallen in love with the same person. <laughs> oh. so that, was, that was a bit extraordinary, really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And how old, how old was Noam then? She was, well, was 27 or 28. Mm. So there's many, many years between us. As I say, it is a very odd thing uh, to be with somebody who's two generations younger, uh, totally different culture, different language, um, you know, and I'm a come from a business background, or you, you know, and uh, she comes from a completely different background. So it makes for quite an interesting relationship. But um, yeah, we're just uh, totally in love. So um, uh, it's now been seven years. So yeah, and uh, we're <laughs> looking forward into the future. It's, um, I always think with these, you, you know, having been correctly married before with the other partners um you know which technically should have worked because they were the right age and the right place and the right family backgrounds and for various reasons they didn't work then i i'm a great believer in people following their hearts i think that's the thing that's for me is most important is um making decisions of the heart from the heart and not from the head you know, I think many people make decisions of in the wrong way, and um, I'm sure I've suffered from that quite a bit in the past. Yeah. How did you come to the point where you realised that you needed to exit the relationship that you were you were currently in to sort of follow your heart and your dream on this, you know, on this wild journey with Noam? I don't know. I think it was more a case of realization that um, my, you know, my previous partner was um, and was and is an amazing woman. But I, 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 I think that the connection uh, for us had personally had broken some time before. But as often in many relationships, when you know you're either got to make it work or you should move on, get out, do whatever. It's only f- you know fair in that sense um and i think it was um meeting or falling as i did for somebody else whatever age or whatever and having this experience really just kicked me into saying well the chances of ending up with a person of this age from a different country is really really remote but at the same time i shouldn't remain in a relationship which is not working for me um, it's not fair on everybody, and really, maybe I'm going to be on my own for the rest of my life. But then it turned out that, you know, we, we did in fact end up together, uh, which has been wonderful. Well, mm. lucky old you, and you well deserve it because well, I think. I don't know about deserve is the right word, Aww. but maybe luck. <laughs> well, yeah. it seems to have given you. I don't know. I mean, I didn't know you before you were with Noam, but mm. I, I see you ripping up the dance floors in the various different uh, venues around the island, not necessarily nightclubs. Although I've seen you at Woo Moon a few times, definitely. Yeah, I've. Yeah, I. I, I mean, the, th- the thing for me is that um, dancing is really very important to me, and I'm also. Uh, I don't have any. Um, 
embarrassments what's the word i'm not shy in any way in no shit no <laughs> no um so i don't really care what anybody thinks uh also bolstered by the fact that i actually i i'm everybody tells me you know that i'm you know oh he's the main dancer on the beat so you know there's a lot of ego going on for me <laughs> but i used to do a lot of pantomime before i was on stage a lot i'm very comfortable in large groups of people so you know i'll go i'll go dancing in the evening and i should just do my thing mm. um you know and people seem to respond to my energy i think this is particularly young people i can remember on many occasions i can remember being back in in goa at five o'clock in the morning as the sun comes up dancing with 20 happen to be Israeli soldiers who've just come out of the army and, and they're, they're looking at me and I know what they're thinking and thinking well, wow if this guy can do this then there's hope for us <laughs> you know we, so many older people just want to go old and they don't get into this sort of thing and I think to, to that, that's my message really to, to, to people is, is, is to get out there and move your bodies and enjoy and just enjoy you know, um, and that's that's what I feel I offer, you know, um, apart from the fact I just do my thing and I'm happy to do that. <laughs> well, I've encountered it many, many times and uh, yeah. I love dancing with you. You're one of my favourite people to dance with in Ibiza, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, dancing is a therapy in itself, basically, isn't it? It's another way of getting out of your head and into your body and just, you know, being yeah, a little bit like footloose and fancy free, really. So it's, it's a freedom it's, junkies uh, tool. Static dance, whether it's five rhythms, whether it's many of the barefoot boogie or whatever it is. Um, generally speaking, I think women in general are pretty f much freer in their movement than the men are. And I think a, a lot of men I watch, and they just won't let themselves go. It's, I don't know what it is, whether it's, it's shyness or nervousness or whatever, but, um, you, you, you know, I just just go for it. They call me Electro Spider Crab, so that probably describes... <laughs> Who does? <laughs> pretty well everybody, I think, since my name. I think it's because you're just, like, incredibly, incredibly tall and very, very slim. I'm not tall. And you do I'm have some very foot, you know, bonkers or... outfits that you go out on with your top uh, yeah, hats. Yeah, well, that's your... because of pantomime. And uh, <laughs> Noam is amazing, absolutely amazing dancer as well. And, of course, she dresses us up, and uh, we, we end up by... Uh, and that works on Ibiza, you know, you can go and go to fancy dress and stuff and you know, be completely crazy and everything is accepted on this island. It's one of the beauties of it. Every day is fancy yeah. dress in Ibiza. It's a bit like being <laughs> Mr. Ben, isn't it? Like yeah, in uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And that is the fun and the joy of being here, that nothing is, uh, it feels it, the same as I find in Goa is that you can just go out wearing anything and pretty much get up to yeah. anything you like, more or less, within reason. Um, and no one, no one bats an eyelid, do they? No, no, it's definitely not, definitely not on Ibiza. I mean, uh, last year, walking down the, the, the street in, the, in Ibiza town, you know, the, double, two looks and there's a, a, a naked woman walking down on the arm of her man. And I mean, uh, she was in her 50s and nobody <laughs> took a blind bit of interest. She had a very nice first doll <laughs> and some really nice shoes and the rest of it was just completely nothing on. <laughs> and I mean, it was just bizarre. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. Why do you think that is like that here? I think uh, historically the Ibithenkian people have always been very, very accepting of outsiders. Going back to the Phoenician times, when the island really started getting going, it was a stopping-off point in the Mediterranean for um, people, uh, for 
R and R for you know the Romans came here to relax the Phoenicians the well all, they all did because it's right in the 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 flow of the Mediterranean water, so that is the history of the island, and then of course you know we had all the uh, artists coming then the actors, then we had um, you know in the seventies all the um, manumission and um, you know all the wild uh, clubs which are still wild, but it's all changing all the time, you know. Um, it's changing now a lot. Um, and it's just got this hedonistic, I mean, in many ways, a very, very bad reputation. Um, but I think that's very unfounded. I mean, certainly for us, I mean, I do go dancing. I don't go to the big clubs very much because they're just so busy and it's all three or four in the morning. But this end of the island is such a peaceful place. I mean, you can be up in the north here and walk all day and hardly see anybody you know it really is a very special island from that point would of view. you describe yourself as a, as a hedonist yeah a hedonist with his feet on the ground i think is is is, is, uh, is would be my description i've never thought about that before but i've never really been into much into alternative substances um i came to everything very late you know i mean i wasn't you know you know, all all the young people these days are doing all the um, alternative uh, ways of life. You know, from the age of fifteen upwards. And um, I, I mean, I just uh, smoked a pipe at the age of twenty and gave up cigarettes when I was thirty-two. Um, didn't get back to it again until I was fifty-two. So I had twenty years of really being very pure. Wow. And Maybe then you became, a, and you became a, fa- a party boy in your 50s. Yeah, yeah, but even <laughs> so, it's the music that drives me rather than anything else, you know. I mean, I'm not one for... And the young Israelis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, you know, obviously this is, this is a, a beautiful story for me to, mm. to listen to and it's inspiring and it's, you know, like, why the hell mm. does any, do any of us need to grow up, you know, and why do we need to stop going out and having fun mm. when you hit a certain age? That's just an absolute load of nonsense. So, I mean, what I would like to know is, like, what was your background before you came to all of this? I mean, what's, like, you know, what, what was the business angle that you were talking about before? Well, I think I was old and I've now become young in a way, in a, in a way. But then, you know, when I was growing up, I was at boarding school um, and then came into my fit family business my my grandfather started it 120 years ago last week I think 1898 um went to London trained and ran this business for 40 years and I've had children and all growing up but um yeah I've always um I've always enjoyed uh, a lot of um you know uh, art and drama and certainly uh, I did cabaret and pantomimes played dames you Ugly played a dame. Sisters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, I really got into that. Shy and retiring type. Yeah, well, that's the point, you know. And then, <laughs> then uh, I mean, I now do quite a lot of, um, well, I work with Walking Ibiza. And we did all the training. And, we had on the uh, show on the first edition of this podcast, actually, yeah, Toby, Toby Clark. Yeah, well, I, I, I just so enjoy doing the walks. And my first community walk was 50 people. You know, I mean, I was just dropped in the deep end. And for me, it was perfect. It was like being back on stage again. <laughs> I stand up on the wall and start talking to everybody. <laughs> With your dame's wig not, on. Yeah, yeah. Not the big nervous, frock. Not nervous at all. As long as we don't have to remember lines, I'm fine. <laughs> I think um, 
that you know obviously shows in your work in in, in some ways in terms of the fact that you know you're amazing with people you love that connection mm. through a little bit of a stage a little bit of uh, you know the juiciness of, of life yeah 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 that's right yeah yeah and what's the worst job you've ever done Whew. I don't know. Um, I haven't thought about it that way. I mean, I've been lucky in as much that all the work I've ever done has been self-employed, as it were. So I've never really worked for anybody. But certainly some of the interior design work, when you're, when you're actually um, completely refurnishing a hotel in London or somewhere like that, when you're stuck between suppliers not supplying stuff, goods coming faulty, opening dates... I mean, extreme, extreme stress. Uh, really, I, uh, that was many times that was very difficult, and I was really glad to get out of it. How did you uh, deal with the stress in those moments? I don't know if I did particularly well, you know. What was your go-to sort of fuck it button, so to speak? We've got the reset button in life and the fuck it button. What would you say that was for you back then? I, I don't know. I mean, it's just just to keep going forward, I suppose. Um, I don't. don't fuck it i've got to carry on yeah yeah you know you've got family and you've got responsibilities and 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 really yeah um and, and i'm very i'm very practical so most i mean when i say interior designer i think that was a really bad name for me i was very good at realizing other people's uh dreams you know so i do houses in london for people and i wasn't i wasn't to being given a budget of uh, 100,000 and told to design something, I had clients saying to me, I want this, I want that, I want this. Can you do it? And then I had a team of people making drapes in Italian silks and f- doing fabulous hand-painted wallpapers and all sorts of, you know, amazing stuff. And because I trained properly, um, you know, gone to college and trained properly, not many people had, I was able to do that with that, that background. Which then brings me to be able to create this, this pool. We built everything ourselves. Noam and I built the whole structure, all the whatever. Um, now we're doing this project on this van, and the two of us are working on it together. Um, and we're learning as we go, and it's, it's that's practical stuff. And I, I really... A man who's good with his hands—that's what us women like. <laughs> yes, <laughs> apparently, can be taken many ways. But, well, no, um, I mean, we're going to get to the van in a minute because I'm really excited for you. You're yeah, going to take yeah. us on a, a, a quick tour because you, as I came in to the driveway, I could see this sort of structure off to my right, yeah. which was a whacking great big uh, awning, and underneath that it looked like a project for the A team. I thought B. A. Baracus was going to come out with his big old gold medallion yeah, yeah. and give me a. Yeah, give me a stern talking to. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you've got quite the project going on there. Yes, I mean, I think about it. I actually worked out the other day. I've actually lived in 11 houses in my life. And each one of them, I've completely stripped and rebuilt part of the job I was doing. All from Cornish cottages to big houses, um, you know, and and all this. And then the pool in India and the house we bought there and... So, but this project now with this van is actually proving the most difficult I've ever done. <laughs> um, a combination of learning about all the electrics, uh, about carpentry, about fit working in small spaces, about um, all the technical side of gas, gas fittings. I mean, and the design, and then bringing stuff onto Ibiza, which is a very incredible, very expensive place to bring stuff to. Mm. All the research. 
you know, it's, it's, it's quite something. And we're, What's the purpose of this project? Why are you baking this van? Well, we've, we've run this uh, Watsu Obesa now for five years and um, it, 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 the actual work we were doing in it, which was, which was amazing, um, um, is, is unless you, how can I put it, I wanted to get away from the business aspect of it because I've run businesses all my life. And while we could do it in a low-key way and um, in a non-business way, um, it was fine. But now with the prices and all the rents in Ibiza obviously going upwards and the value of the pound from the UK dropping like crazy, um, you know, the feeling that actually really we don't want to work twice as hard to do the same thing. So what we decided to do was take this moment, um, because obviously the rent on the property or the contract will be running out uh, not too long, um, to actually go and do something completely different. So we decided we would uh, leave the property here um, and then go traveling. Um, f um, my, my son will probably take it over. Uh, go traveling um, for a year and then hopefully come back to the island, but not quite sure in what format or how we don't. We love Ibiza, um, but it's really completely open. It's, it's like just jumping off a cliff, really. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. We just want our, we lived in a van before and we want this van to be completely off grid, self-sustaining, um, you know, and then just to drive across or go across into Spain and then either turn right go to Croatia and do some festivals or turn left and go to Portugal we haven't made any decisions at all really it's just it's just to have a life change take I mean, the red pill take the blue pill you yeah, don't know yeah. what's coming next yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> a little bit like um just something completely different um, well, you've had a lot of pretty big life-changing decisions in your life so totally, this is this yeah. is not going to be the most deeply unsettling thing you've ever done apart from the fact that you're going to be living in uh, a converted ambulance which I kind of like the idea of really it wasn't, a, it wasn't an ambulance at all I, was, I'm sure that's what you told me when we met on the dance floor once well, they, maybe they, that they, I just remember it that way that, it's the old Mercedes 508 it's the buses that used to run backwards and forwards to Kathmandu in India I mean it was the it was the state of the art it was the, it was a delivery vehicle I mean all through after the seventies well, or eighties, this is the sort of uh, typical uh, traveller type vehicle. You know, go to Morocco, go to the Sahara. Um, very simple um, uh, mechanics, diesel, no computers, no uh, electronics, so that uh, you know, with a hammer and chisel, you're supposed to be able to mend it. And that was the idea. Whereas now, you could spend sixty or a hundred thousand. Going out and buying a brand new state-of-the-art van, which of course is a very easy way of doing it. But of course, if if you want to really understand how it works and everything, well, we decided to take this route, just mm. make it our own. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. You you are. We've just been talking and talking. Well, you have definitely. <coughs> I think that's a good thing, though. I'm mm. loving everything that you've had to say so far. It's <laughs> it's fascinating. I'm I'm just you know it feels like a lot of the kind of as I call them reset rebels of Ibiza, of which I consider you to be one, mm. uh, in terms of the kind of life journey that you've taken, the reasons you came here, the therapies you've given, the mm. fact that you still like to party and play, and now you're off on this kind of freedom tour, really, because mm. you don't know where you're going, you don't know not, how you're going to get there at the moment because you haven't got a van that's actually working. Not a clue. <laughs> Clue, but clue. it's exciting and yeah. you know i love the fact that you've made this massive decision to give mm. up this mm. space which is mm. kind of a big big decision because you put your heart and soul and your love into this 
gorgeous dome and the pool and everything that goes with it. And you also made that massive jump from leaving India and all the things that you'd set up there as well. So, you know, you're not a man to sit around when you've made a decision and you kind of want to change the game. I like that about you. Hmm. Yes, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying that's something I would recommend, uh, a, a way of life. I remember when I first had my first cottage in Cornwall, a uh, beautiful cottage, which uh, I rebuilt completely. And I had a friend next door who bought the one next to me. I mean, he's still there. He's still there um, with his family. And here I am, 11, 12, 13 houses later, different countries. <laughs> you know, who's right? I don't know. Well, I don't think anybody's right. No, That's the point, though. That's the no. beauty of all of this. It's just you can do whatever the hell you like in this world. More yeah. or less. If you're, if you're lucky enough to be able to do what you want, I think that's a, 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 one really has to value that. I think there's so many people who don't have that opportunity. Um, you know, so on that level, I feel incredibly lucky, you know, fortunate. And I, I mean, also, I have my health, um, you know, which... Um, is makes a big big difference i mean so many of my clients a lot younger than me are suffering from uh, dementia or physical problems and you think wow i mean it really makes you quite uh, i don't know quite what the word is i was gonna say humble but that's not right at all but uh, grateful grateful massively massively grateful i couldn't agree more and i didn't mean to say you know you know, because we, we all can. I mean, some people actually can't. That's exactly it. That's right. But I think when you have got all of these opportunities at your fingertips, clearly you have created. I mean, mm. they don't just fall at your feet, do they? No. Uh, but when you've made a decision and you really want to do something, mm. you know, you just have to make it happen. And that's what I, I'm saying I admire, I suppose, about this situation. Mm. It's, you know, you're not someone that's kind of sat back and, and stayed in the same situation. And I'm also someone that's actually moved house a lot, mm. moved countries a lot, travelled a lot. And I'm actually a little bit tired of that, actually. I'm quite enjoying the fact that I've decided to make Ibiza my home and I'm staying here and I'm going nowhere for now. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. I don't know. How many years have you been here? We've been here five or six years. Yeah, me five too. Five or six years. Yeah, yeah. Time moves on. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and really, from many aspects, we would really love to stay on the island mm. or come back to the island. Um, but, You'll be back. You'll be back. Yeah. No one ever leaves and doesn't come back. No, no, no. But, but to back to live. or we'll certainly do periods of the year here, you know, like come here for the winters, um, maybe look after people's properties, which you have a really nice relax. And then when they, it starts to get crazy here in the summer, then take off and go traveling. In um, your 18 van. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the thing with running a pool like this, which as I say, I've done now since 2004, is that you really are tied to it, mm. um, which is fine if you want to stay still. But, you know, by the time you start setting up in February and they're not closing till November and every day you've got to maintain it and look after it mm. uh, and, and, and have people coming and you're renting it and you're not that we did many courses here. And well, I do remember one, Roger, actually, while we're on the topic mm. of, of such a thing. I remember coming here. Actually, when I was, uh, it was, again, to do with the car crash. I, I really wasn't, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and I was really not able to move in the way I wanted to move my body. And it was really getting me down mm. to the point where I actually felt quite depressed. And I decided to do a bit of research. And one of the things that I came across was a, a shaman coming over from Holland through a friend of mine. And she suggested that I give this thing called Cambo a try, which was like a frog medicine. And so I did, in the depths of my despair, make this random, rather ridiculous decision, I suppose, looking back on it, to come here and try out this Cambo medicine, which is uh, 
poison basically farmed from a, a frog out in the Amazon and uh, and they basically burn a hole in your skin and apply it uh, and when it kicks in it kind of makes you well feel like you're about to die basically that's my experience of it and from what I witnessed with the four people that went before me before my turn came and unfortunately you'd been in the previous group but when I actually witnessed what was happening to these other people I thought I just really want to get out of here. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I told the shaman, as we all had to do before our uh, decision-making process and how much of it he was going to give us. And when I told him what was wrong with me, everyone else had like three or four little burns made in their skin to apply it. And I had seven. So I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, yeah, 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 yeah. this is it. I might die. I mean, who polices this stuff? Or is there a hospital that knows how to deal with this if it goes wrong? <laughs> and then proceeded to um, violently convulse and vomit in my bucket. Um, for quite some time. It was very, very unpleasant. So I've had one wonderful experience here in your pool and I've had one experience well, we, we, <laughs> not quite so enjoyable. Yeah, we were just hosting it. I mean, it was really... I mean, I did it as well, but we, 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 we just have a bit of space here. So um, the people were organising, said, well, can we come in here because it's nice and quiet in the country? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we only did that one couple of times and then I've actually been somewhere else on the island and, 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 and done it but that's another thing that's happening a lot on the island whether it's uh, what's the, what, what, what is it uh, ayahuasca or cambo or many of these other medicines coming from um, South, South, South America, America Peru um, you know they're being experienced yeah they're being experienced in many places but it's quite it is quite strong on Ibiza because you have got uh, like-minded and groups of people coming here to have these have experiences of all sorts I mean obviously it's why do you think that why do you think it's drawing that kind of crowd because it does you know that's why I'm saying this is like a reset rebel I'm it's just full of people that have come here I think who maybe discovered it to party but have got these amazing offerings and they're exploring alternative medicine in a way that you know there's a bigger community here because mm. it's a small place but what do you think that the kind of the attraction for the wellness crowd here in Ibiza is I'd, <laughs> It, it, there are pockets around the world. I mean, I come from Cornwall, and uh, there's certainly an element of it there, alternative people, and you know. Um, and then you've got Brighton and Totnes and Goa and Byron Bay, you know, I mean, these places. But um, I don't know, as I was saying, Ibiza in particular seems to... Yeah, why is it? What is it? It's, it's, it's extraordinary energy here. People... Everybody you meet here has a story. They've been around the world. I've had I've met people who've travelled uh, thirty countries in the world. I say, well, okay, you're here now. When are you move, oh no, this I landed here and that was it. That was it. And my wife Noam said the same. The day she, we, we 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 pulled in and landed in the plane, she, we got out. I think the thing was we decided we were going to come here anyway. And then somebody said, well, do you like Ibiza? And I said, well, we haven't actually been yet, but we're moving there. And they said, well. Maybe you ought to go and have a look. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's a good idea. So we popped in for a week in April and whatever it was. And as we landed, I mean, Naam said to me, this feels like home. Uh, it was the smell of the pines, reminded of, a, of, of Jerusalem, I think, or, or something. But the, it's, sorry, I'm fidgeting again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it looked like a bit of yoga, actually. The position there, I'm loving it. It's sort of a half lotus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the one leg does it, <laughs> not the other one. 
Um, yeah, so I think that's it. And if you, you know, people come here to hide away. Um, you can be in, um, you know, up in the up in the forests. I mean, sometimes when you go to visit somebody, they'll tell you to turn right at a certain rock off a road, and then follow follow the road, and you don't pay any attention after that but actually you need to because after you turned off the road onto these rough tracks one kilometer you then came come to a split in the road five ways with different colored rocks so you've got five chances now and then you could go up one of those or another one or another one and then you've got another three split so and it's dark dark yeah uh, and uh, <laughs> oh so the number of times you get lost on this island i, I think you could such a small place on one level but uh, it, you can be here 30 or 40 years and still don't know it. it. It really is. And I mean, with these walks too, I mean, some of them are really into quite extreme places um, and climbing, rock climbing, all sorts, um, massive cliffs here, uh, a lot of underwater interest, uh, diving. Um, the water is incredibly clear because of this amazing uh, weed called Posidonia, which is it's the biggest... Uh, seaweed. No, it's not seaweed. It's, oh. a, it's a sort of a grass. In fact, it's supposed to be one singular animal, and it's the oldest on the planet. I don't quite understand that, but it's seven square kilometres between here and in Formentera. Um, I've not quite got my head around it, but the, the truth is that it's one of the main attractions to the island. It keeps the sea clean because of the oxygenation. It's used in the building works. It's used to fertilise the fields. It's got so many... You know things going for it. That's another complete story, isn't it? The whole walking a bee through and what we've learnt from Toby and all the other experts about the herbs, uh, about the history. Um, it's just fascinating. It's all in this small area. You know, you can you can go out and say, oh, well, the wind is this way or this way, and within ten minutes you can be on a beach on the west, on the east, the north, and the south. Yeah, with a little microclimate of its very own very weather own. indeed because it might be peeing with rain in one yep. end of the island yep. and it might be absolutely yep. like Club Tropicana at the other. Yeah, and it is very much like Cornwall where I'm from. You know, my, uh, my ancestry is Cornwall. All my ancestors were miners, tin miners. And again, um, I love it because I was born in a place called St Dives on the north coast of Cornwall and I spent most of my life in Penzance on the south coast. And the distance between the two of them is the same from San Antonio to Avisa. So it feels like I'm still back in Cornwall, <laughs> but much bigger. It does feel bigger because, yeah, like you say, I, I, I get like a bit cheesed off sometimes when someone tells me I've got to go down to San Antonio. It just feels mm. like the other end of the island, but it's right. only about 20 minutes in the That's car because right. everything in Ibiza is about 20 minutes apart, it right? Is. It is, it is. And, and then people get lazy, isn't it? I mean, you know, you could live in Australia and you, it takes you four hours to get to the nearest supermarket and you get used to that. And then when you're here, once you start getting into it, you, you know, you, you, it's too, oh, no, I'm not going to a visa. That's like it's 10 minutes down the road, you know. <laughs> Mind you, you can't park when you get there, which is another issue. But, uh, <laughs> I was interested in what you were saying about, I love this um, angle of when you were saying about the Caminos, the di dirty, mm. dusty mm. tracks uh, with these dodgy directions of turn left at the mm. pink rock and then go mm. right at the fig tree. And, you know, and normally, uh, for me, particularly as a private yoga teacher, with that, no road names, you've only got GPS, there's no mm. phone reception in some places on the islands, particularly mm. with these particularly rich people that really do live in the middle of nowhere yeah. <laughs> with these massive palaces on the top of a mountain. Yeah, yeah. It's quite hard to get there. I tell it you is. what, you're probably going to break 
your car along the way as well. That's the good news. But um, I like it because, you know, the other experience of that is is obviously trying to find these villa parties that we've all been to quite a lot here as well. Because yeah, yeah. they are, you know, they are spectacular when you get yeah. to a good one and then you kind of, you know, someone's rolled out the red carpet and there's, uh, there's all sorts of going on. Have you got any good stories? Because you are a man that likes to dance. Well, I think my favourite story was in, was, was, was in Goa because I used to go out at two or three in the morning to some rave. I can remember the famous one, Monkey Valley, I think it was called. And I used to dress up and go out on my Enfield looking, I'm, I'm quite old anyway, but I used to put all stuff on so I looked quite, so I didn't want to get stopped by the police, you know. So I looked like some old gent on his bike and I come down to this crossroads and there's a whole crowd of, of, of young people, I think mainly Israelis, and, and um, they're all, um, I stop for a moment and they're completely ignoring this silly old man on this bike and I heard the word, uh, something about party. So I said, uh, you want the Monkey Valley party? And they all go around like this. And I said, just follow me. <laughs> entourage of bikes following me all the way to this party because it's quite difficult to find. And having got there, all the whole night was party guru, party guru. <laughs> so got how, how was that for the ego? <laughs> that was amazing, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stroked and nourished. Me. I can tell you, I can tell you where it is. But what about the parties in Ibiza, the big old private villa parties? You must have been to a few. Yeah, I'm quite time. a few. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's always. Um, I mean, these days with this, these location things, where you can sort of hope. What's that pin drop? What's that pin drop? But uh, then, of course, you've got the whole business of very difficult caminos, lots of cars, trying to park, trying to, you know, so. You know, you you need something with a bit of ground clearance, and um, you know to. to it's not ruined. And, and the trick is never buy a, a car that's been on a beta because they're completely wrecked. Knackered old goats, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. You literally can't, yeah, can't get a decent car here. And there's actually no point in having a nice car. I mean, all these people driving around in these big old fancy vehicles and they've clearly either just arrived at the island or they're here for a, a short time. Um, well, they've got a lot of money, you know. I mean, there's some... The wealth on this island. I mean, I see Ferraris coming up and down the road here. I see... Uh, massive um you know black mercedes um, people taking people to parties it's a completely different world i mean the wealth here is extraordinary mm. i agree but my point is if you've got a nice car it's like pointless because it's like bumper cars here isn't it you know you yeah, leave yeah. your car in the dirt car park mm. or of one of these caminos to one of these parties or mm. even just going to the supermarket yeah. you can pretty much guarantee in fact that very party we were at calacomta mm. i came back to a note on my car door to say that this woman had smashed into the side of my car and you know what I haven't even bothered to give her a tinkle because my car's <laughs> in such a mess yeah, yeah. I couldn't yeah. see the scratch no, no, no. amongst all the others because it just is it's a bit like right. that round yeah. here isn't yeah. it and you're not judged for it either you know <laughs> rust and most of the paint finishes have gone because they've been parked under the trees so you've got all these old cars with this it's the extremes isn't it it is the extremes and it's all acceptable you know I mean even the wealthy people actually quite like all our sort of hippie-ish alternatives people because many people come here for that energy mm. well it's just a home away from home to mm. reset yourself basically mm. away from the normal kind of westernized lifestyle that most people That's are right. living but this is a little nugget of joy really in the in yeah. the middle of the mediterranean isn't it where uh, things that the totally. rules are very different indeed totally and in fact you know i hear i mean just this morning i was hearing i said well of course if you can go to mallorca it's much bigger and the prices are half you know pro- mm. properties and everything and then the guy I was talking to said, yeah, but they all come back. 
they rather come back and, and, and struggle with the cost of living on Ibiza because of the energy of I think, I don't know. Well, the other reason was that it, it rains in Mallorca. I don't see why it rains just across the water here and it doesn't rain here. I mean, some microclimate here. I mean, when we get rain here, it really rains, but the majority of the time we don't. And apparently, something to do with the geographic uh, alien, alienation, the alignment or something of... of, of, uh, of Mallorca brings a lot of rain. Mm. Maybe it's through the mountains or the sun, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I've, not, I've never been, so... No, well, I've popped over there a few times. It is very beautiful. And the cycling there is fantastic because it's nice and flat, unlike Ibiza, which for me was, a, you know, a revelation. I did a lot of cycling before I came to Ibiza, and this isn't an island. Despite importing my bike from England, I've never really used it in the same ways that I did when I lived in Brighton because yeah, yeah. it's too bloody hilly. It's a mixture here. I mean, if you go off track, it is very hilly, and it's really nice to cycle here. There's a lot of cycle tracks. But to go on the roads here... I think it's actually quite dangerous. You know, they're not really designed. I mean, there are some with cycle tracks, but some of them are quite narrow. And uh, obviously, you've got a, a large quantity of young people here coming in higher cars on the wrong side of the road, uh, having parted. I mean, it, 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 it's not as safe. I felt actually There's safer a lot of on depth. the yeah i felt a lot safer on the indian roads on my own field than i do here on a me too road. and there's absolutely no rhyme or rhythm is there to driving over there i mean it's literally like yeah. every man for himself but it and it feels very dangerous but it is organized chaos that's it's, the fact of the matter well, because there are no rules then you really pay attention well you do and i just it just feels like you know mm. your your chaos is another person's you know yeah. order it just feels like everybody mm. is keeping an eye on exactly what you're doing and just adjusting themselves accordingly well the indians do that all the time don't they? which i like a lot and that's the other reason yeah. why I'm normally not here in the winter and I'm normally there because it just feels like <laughs> yeah. there's a synergy between the two yeah. places, that's for sure. That's for sure. A bit crazy. A little bit crazy, a little bit like yeah. us. Yeah. Roger, I don't think, sadly, we've even got time to go to your wonderful A-team van. I'm going to have to <laughs> end it here, unfortunately, on the, this edition of The Reset Rebel, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Well, it's One of the original rebels, it feels like, on the show, and um, we wish you all the best on Thank your wonderful you camping you journey. Much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. It's been <laughs> nice. So that was the wonderful Mr. Roger White of Waxo Vita. Um, beautiful, beautiful story of leaving London and his journey to India and then eventually finding love in Israel and uh, obviously upping sticks and coming to join us, the lucky ones, over in Ibiza. Um, so beautiful to hear all of those bold decisions, really, and I just love kind of listening to these stories as I'm making this podcast each week and kind of getting to grips with everyone's sort of different journey uh, into coming over to the White Isle. So big thanks to Roger and today's offering is another space uh, on a free retreat in Ibiza and this one is from the 11th to the 14th of August and once again this is going to be on my one, one of my yoga retreats um, and it's a gorgeous um, Casa de Campo, big house in the countryside um, and yeah it's got a stunning pool and sunset views and we're going to spend three days and three nights together um yeah having a little kind of healthy get together um, with daily morning um flow yoga uh, fused with music um i teach something called yoga beats which is a flow class um kind of moving into non-linear 
movement really and kind of working into um, lines of the body which I guess you just don't really get to access through the kind of linear or structured movement uh, that we do in normal kind of yoga flows or postures or kind of more ashtanga I suppose or hatha um, kind of yoga so this is kind of moving into some slightly less traditional um, sequencing which kind of allow you to kind of massage into all those sort of fuzz zones um, as, as we call them um, where you know the kind of tissue builds up because we just don't kind of move our bodies in ways that kind of you know really release um, that freedom of movement and ability to kind of move into a, a frame of moving which is slightly less used and less accessible um, so that's why I, I really love to teach um, the movement flows that I do um, just to kind of free the body up really and just make you feel just very different in the aftermath like you've actually kind of um, enabled yourself to kind of yeah just get a bit more juicy in the limbs and um, especially the shoulders and the head and the neck and all that kind of tense area that we as humans have created this real band of tension because of the way we sit and we're always looking at phones or laptops so it's good to just yeah get out of your head get into your body and um, allow your body to just go with the flow really of the class and I think the music really distracts people from what we're up to for 90 minutes and um, the time passes pretty quickly and the next minute you know you're in that blissful shavasana position at the end of class and um, yeah that hard work is but a distant memory and so we are looking for someone who really feels that that's what they need right now Um, someone who's maybe just a bit stressed and just needs to let go for two or three days in the sunshine Um, yeah maybe you're kind of suffering some kind of yeah life trauma like a heartbreak or you've been you know feeling really low for a while and you're not really sure what to do about it maybe you haven't got the money to come and book something in Ibiza because Ibiza retreats are by the very nature and the house prices uh, on the island very expensive and possibly unaffordable for you know the average uh, individual so we are trying to make things a little bit more accessible this year and if you do fancy coming over um we've got quite a lot of other retreat spaces advertised uh on our website which is the reset rebel.com so go and check out what else is up on offer but today's free offering um is the 11th to the 14th of august with me um joga beats and yeah you're so welcome to come and take up that space but you will need to drop us an email to just the good news please at gmail.com we'll see you next week